things first. This is about truth telling. I have no agenda. Zero. I always have questions. What's the problem? That's just who I am. This is what no mercy is all about. Hey, here I come. You can book it. Ah. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Breath taking a move that I make. I give it everything I got. Cause that what it takes. I push the limit till it break. The heart of the brave. The soul of a legend with the will to be great. Hold up. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of No Mercy, with yours truly coming at you as I love to do at the very, very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if not even more days during the week. Um, and I got a lot on my mind as usual, so I got a lot of stuff to get into. By the way, I'm here with you from our official studios, uh, our official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel is the official sports betting company of the No Mercy podcast. Let me make sure to mention that. Got a lot of stuff to get on, get off my chest. Now, let me let me say this. Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast ain't going to be about All-Star Weekend. Because, damn it, I don't feel like talking about All-Star Weekend. It's a joke to me. Um, I'm tempted to say, let's do away with NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm almost tempted. After a game like that, I mean, you got Mike Malone calling it. Just garbage basketball. You got Jalen Brown calling it a glorified layup line. There was absolutely positively no defense whatsoever. Jason Tatum dropped 55 points. Nobody cares because we all know nobody was playing defense. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put forth a competitive effort. Now, let's make this very, very clear to everybody out there listening to me. You know I work for ESPN. You know I cover the NBA. You know I'm on first take every weekday morning. And normally I ain't doing sports podcasts all the time because this podcast, No Mercy, ventures beyond the corridors of sports. But every now and then when sports topics are on my mind, damn it, I'm going to broach it. And this is one of those times. You see, what really pisses me off about this, what really rakes my nerves about this, I think it's a disservice to the NBA. I'm blaming no one but the players. You got a slam dunk contest. Well, evidently white men can jump because Mr. McClung himself, a G-leaguer, is the slam dunk champion. I don't mind. He was really good. He was very impressive. He deserved it. What I mind is the level of competition he was going against. They ain't even worth mentioning. None of the stars were a part of it. There was no John Morant in the slam dunk contest. There was no Jalen Brown in the slam dunk contest. There was no Anthony Edwards and these cats in the slam dunk contest. I'm looking at that, and I'm like, really? Y'all going just to defer to a G-leaguer and let this brother walk home with the trophy? But that's neither here nor there because that wasn't my biggest complaint. My biggest complaint was the actual All-Star game itself where no defense, absolutely positively no defense was played. None. None. And the reality of the situation is there's no excuse for that. And I'm going to tell you why, ladies and gentlemen, there's absolutely no excuse for that. Because do you know that in summer league play, and I'm not talking about official summer league play, I'm talking about when they are in the gym, in the offseason, working out, working on their game, they play harder than that. Now, at the very least, give us the same effort you give us in meaningless workout basketball games over the summer. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. Yes, you can. You know why they don't do it? Because their attitude is bump the league. We ain't getting paid no money for this. Why participate in the slam dunk contest, for example? We ain't getting money. The sponsorship dollars go straight to the league. It ain't going to the players. So what do we care? I've had people tell me this. I ain't going to say their names, but they've said this. Now, you would think, would you get 50% of basketball-related income? Would you get billions of dollars in revenue? Would stars in this league signing $200 million, $250 million plus contracts? Nine figures. You would think that you would have this problem. You would think that in a league where the average salary is over $10 million a year, you wouldn't have this problem. But you have it. So something needs to be done because I got news for you. It ain't that damn entertaining. And by the way, the only knock that I'd give to the league, not the players, but to the league, you see, the NFL got it right. Because if you're the National Basketball Association, damn it, last year the All-Star game was in Cleveland. This year it was in Salt Lake City. Freezing both, both weekends. And next year's in Indianapolis. But the Super Bowl, last year it was at SoFi Stadium in L.A. This year, it was in Glendale, Arizona. I know I was there. And next year, it's in Las Vegas. The Super Bowl is saying, we're an event. The NFL is saying, this is an event. Let's have a party. The NBA is saying, freeze your ass off. We hope you enjoy the game. Which one you going to? It's just a thought. Adam Silver's only complaint that I got with Adam Silver in the league office. What happened to L.A.? What happened to Vegas? I mean, you got to, I mean, it's got to be a party, man. What happened to Florida? And it don't have to be in an NBA city. I'm quite sure. That if you sat up there and instead of Orlando, you put it in Tampa, people ain't going to complain but so much. And oh, by the way, it, when, when, when is Miami going to get an all-star weekend? When are we going to have an all-star weekend in South Beach? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Now let me get to some basketball stuff because I got some stuff on my mind. You know, as I think about these all-stars, let's just go down the list of a few of them. LeBron James. LeBron James swears up and down because the theme of this podcast is NBA All-Stars after the weekend. We're talking after the weekend now. LeBron James said that these 23 or so games left in the regular season are the most important games of his career in the regular season. And a lot of people think that's a bunch of hyperbole, hyperbole. Oh, please, he don't really mean that. Yes, the hell he should. If LeBron James misses the playoffs this year, if Anthony Davis is healthy, if D'Angelo Russell is healthy, is Malik, if Malik Beasley is healthy and Vanderbilt, the players that they acquired before the trading deadline expired, with the team that he presently has in place, if LeBron James... Cannot get to the playoffs with healthy or the healthy Anthony Davis on the floor with those other dudes. 
Then, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to hold that against them. I ain't expecting no championship. You ain't better than Phoenix. You ain't better than Denver. Hell, you ain't better than the Clippers right now. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're LeBron James and you can't make it to the playoffs with these dudes, I'm sorry. That's a blemish. This is the man that's on Mount Rushmore. Top two player of all time as far as I'm concerned. Nothing's going to change that. But I'm going to remember the fact that the last two years you missed the postseason. And I'm going to remember that, guess what, after winning a championship and then missing out in the playoffs the following year, you decided you wanted to trade a crew of dudes to get your boy Russell Westbrook. And look how that worked out. So I'm going to look at LeBron James, and I'm not going to summarily dismiss that. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, not an all-star, but a former all-star, I love the fact that he's in the Clippers organization. The Clippers are a damn good team. Kawhi Leonard, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. You're the two-time champion. You're the two-time NBA Finals MVP. You won the first championship with Tim Duncan, Mono Ginobili, and Tony Parker as your teammates, averaging 12.8 points a game. You were an MVP in the NBA Finals because of the way you played, particularly defensively against LeBron James, who did who averaged 28 a game but shot like 37% from the field. So we understand nobody played better defense on LeBron James than that particular juncture in his career. You went to Toronto. You're locked up. Because when you went to Toronto, LeBron James had departed from the Eastern Conference to go to L.A. He wasn't in the East. You were there. And you got through Joel Embiid, and you got through Giannis, and you went to the finals, and Kevin Durant tore that Achilles. Because I'm here to tell you, if Kevin Durant was healthy and Klay Thompson didn't get injured, the Warriors sweep Toronto, and they win the third consecutive chip. I don't give a damn what anybody says. So as far as I'm concerned, even though you're great Kawhi Leonard and you're fantastic Kawhi Leonard, you still got some things to prove. This Clippers franchise is your franchise. You the one that blackmailed them by threatening to go to the Los Angeles Lakers unless they traded the house to acquire Paul George as your teammate. You were the leader of the team when y'all folded in a bubble with a 3-1 lead over the Denver Nuggets. Because y'all didn't want to be in a damn bubble in the first place in Orlando during the whole COVID-19 pandemic. You got hurt before y'all went to the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Phoenix Suns. We get all of that. And you've been Mr. Load Management, which is legitimate because your injuries are not to be questioned. But at the end of the day, when I think Clippers, I think Kawhi Leonard. I don't want to hear about Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Terrence Mann. Hell, not even Ty because we know he could coach. He's a champion. What I'm looking for from Kawhi Leonard is you the leader. This team goes where you take them. What you going to do? What are you going to do? We're going to find out. Steve Ballmer's a hell of an owner. He's a billionaire and gives you all the resources you need. Lawrence Franks knows a thing or two about basketball. Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in basketball. Paul George is your teammate. Russell Westbrook is no scrub. Neither is Terrence Mann. Zubak can play in the middle. Morris Sr. can ball. You got enough to make it interesting. And somebody needs to say it. Damn it, so I'm saying it. This is No Mercy with your boy Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot more to get into. That's just part 
or what I'm going to get into in the Western Conference. I got more. Don't touch that dial. Stick around. You're listening to No Mercy with Stephen A. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? I can go off about Kawhi Leonard all I want to because I get tired of him being on the bench in street clothes or something like that. But the bottom line is he's been playing lately. Let's see what he'll do as the season wanes because we all know he shows up in the postseason. We can't disrespect him like that. So let me transition to some other uh, uh, Western Conference teams. Let me get to Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns. You are officially the favorites to come out of the West. I don't give a damn what anybody says. I got KD, when healthy, I believe the best in the world. Clearly, the most efficient offensive superstar we find. Don't give me Giannis. He can't shoot like KD. From the perimeter, nor from the free throw line. He ain't got that kind of game. He's a locomotive coming at you. But he ain't KD. That's right, I said it. So you got KD. And we all know what this two-time champion and this two-time NBA Finals MVP brings to the table. But I got news for you. Did you see a sidekick? I don't know if you ever heard of this, brother, because, I mean, after all, I mean, he's only somebody that averages 25 in a sleep. He's only somebody that actually scored 70 points in a game before in his career. He's only somebody that's one of the greatest shooting guards in the game today. His name is Devin Booker. Devin Booker. So we're talking about me having... Kevin Durant with Devin Booker. Oh, by the way, they're a little bit too small in their front line. You think? Well, guess who else they got? DeAndre Ayton. A seven-foot center. Capable of playing with his back to the basket or facing the basket. Who can average 20 and 10 a night. Who could also give you a couple of blocks a game. Who's a formidable presence on the front line so long as he ain't going up against Giannis. That's who your center is. And by the way, if you don't want to be saddled with the obligation of running a team, fear not. You have the point God of the NBA in CP3 Chris Paul. Now, who's the most pressure on in that scenario? Clearly is CP3. CP3 is one of the greatest point guards in NBA history unquestionably and easily top five if he were a champion. But the problem is he's never won the chip. And so when you look at the great point guards in NBA history, whether that be, you know, Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas or John Stockton and others, even though John Stockton never won a title either, he did go to two NBA finals and the only thing that stopped him was Jordan. The reality of the situation is that when you think about CP3, who I'd still put ahead of John Stockton, by the way, the reality is, is that everybody's looking at you and now they're saying, what you going to do? This is your moment to shine. You never had a better chance of winning the chip because you never had a team like this. You went to the finals a couple of years ago, went up 2-0, and then Giannis took you out four straight. Dropped 50 in the game six finale in Milwaukee to close the deal. We get all of that. CP3 ain't seven feet. 
He can't jump above the rim and touch the top of the backboard. He can't block shots. He's not a locomotive coming at you downhill, but he is the point guard. A mid-range game that is superb, floor generalship that is unquestionable and unequaled. The man is stellar, and now he has two of the most potent offensive weapons arguably in the game of basketball. A dynamic duo that only Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can compare to in a lot of people's eyes or a healthy Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. This is what you have here in KD and Devin Booker. Some would say LeBron and AD, but damn it, AD is hurt too much to be in the equation. Not to say that Kevin Durant hasn't been just because he has. But the bottom line is Phoenix, with Monty Williams as their coach, is the favorite in the Western Conference. CP3 got to come through. He got to come through. And he's got to put it on Devin Booker and KD to do what they're supposed to do. He has to stay healthy and run the team. That's all he's got to do. And the rest will take care of itself. Denver, however, is not a team that I would ignore. They're the number one seed in the East in the Western Conference for a reason. We all know what Jokic brings to the table. The brother can't g- jump onto a curb. He's slow as a snail, and nobody can stop him. He is averaging a triple-double, ladies and gentlemen. 24, 11, and 10. He is averaging a triple-double. He is something special. And Jamal Murray is getting healthy and healthy and looking more like himself every game. And Michael Porter Jr. can't be ignored, and they have some depth particularly with Contavious Caldwell Pope, a former champion with the Los Angeles Lakers playing the way that he does. And Aaron Gordon has been balling too. We got to give him love. So Denver is a team to be reckoned with, not to mention the fact you don't want them to be the number one seed because the last thing you want is to have to go to Denver to play a game seven in that high altitude, even though Phoenix swept them a couple of years ago in the first round with no problem going to Denver and winning those two games there. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This is the storyline for the Denver Nuggets, and there's no way around it. Nikola Nikola Jokic is the reigning two-time league MVP. You cannot win a third consecutive MVP and not even have a berth in the NBA Finals to show for it. Can't happen. Can't happen. You got to get it done. It's that simple. You got to get it done. No way around it. So I want to say that. The other thing I want to say was this. If he doesn't get it done, winning the MVP doesn't help him. It hurts him. Because you're the MVP that couldn't get it done. There's there's nothing more simpler than that. There might be CP3. There might be somebody like a James Harden that has more pressure on them to win the chip than Jokic. But he's getting up there because how many MVPs are you going to get without anything else to show for it in the postseason? How many times that's going to happen? Love Nikola Jokic. He could ball. But damn it, you got to do something. The other team is the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know what the hell happened to them. They won three of their last four before the All-Star break, but prior to that, lost eight or nine. Had a five-game losing streak. Didn't seem to be what they were supposed to be. John Morant swears he's not worried about anybody out west. I don't blame him because he's spectacular. But I would be worried if I was him because, damn it, he can't play for everybody. He can't play one-on-five basketball. He he needs Desmond Bain. He damn sure needs Dylan Brooks. He needs Steven Adams back healthy. He needs Jaron Jackson Jr. to stay out of foul trouble. They got to get their act together. I'm not sure Memphis is going to knock off Denver or Phoenix. I just don't see it. It's going to be tough. So we've got that reality to face with. 
and what makes Phoenix so special back to them, KD and Devin Booker ain't missing games unless they are injured. Ain't no load management with them. They're not missing games unless they're hurt. They want to ball all day, every day. They're a credit to the game in that regard. So we'll see what happens. I know y'all want me to mention Dallas. No, I'm not. Kyrie Irving's playing for a new contract. Dallas made the deal for Kyrie Irving because they want to see whether or not Luka is capable of being deferential to another star. Kyrie is a champion. Luka is not. Kyrie is a scoring machine just like Luka can be. Kyrie is spectacular just like Luka can be. He just has grand championship credentials and Luka does not. So Luka's wanted a star because he's got t- he got tired of giving you leads and then having to go to bench and watching his supporting cast blow the lead. So they went out and they got him a star, somebody that could put up buckets in the fourth quarter, particularly when you need them too most. You don't have to worry about a lead fading. But you have no defense. You're not what you're supposed to be defensively. Everybody in their mother knows it. And that's the reality with the Dallas Mavericks. They ain't going nowhere. They ain't going nowhere. And by the way, as an aside, back to what I started off the show with, Somewhat anyway, I want to applaud Anthony Edwards. Not only is he a star playing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, not only is he a damn good actor who acted in the movie over the summer with Adam Sandler and those guys, but Anthony Edwards was quoted as talking about how guys should just play. People come to the games, that might be the only NBA game they could afford. Just get on the court and play. Now, he's young. He's only 21, so it's easier for him to say that than it is for older veterans whose body aches more and more every day. When he gets in his 30s, approaching 40 years of age, let's see what he says. But I appreciate the attitude that he has because that's the problem right now. We got too many players thinking about business, 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 and what the owners are getting instead of recognizing what contracts they signed and what they have an obligation to honor. And we got to get back to that. Having said all of that, that's all I have to say about the Western Conference and that particular issue overall. The East is next. As I close out this edition of No Mercy, stick around. One more segment coming your way. You're listening to Stephen A. No Mercy in the House. Don't touch that dial. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline Until I flatline, I push it to the red line Who gon' stop me high? Who gon' stop me high? Ladies and gentlemen, when I was talking about the great point guards Obviously, Steph Curry is included in that mix The greatest shooter God ever created A two-time league MVP, a four-time champion um, He's included in that mix, even though one would argue Is he really, really a point guard? I don't care, he plays a point guard position That's what they say, right? So we'll go with that There's no way to escape that. I understand it. Um, Before I get into the Eastern Conference, as promised, talking about some teams that are going on there, there's two issues that I wanted to discuss that are off kilter about actual Eastern Conference play. One is that um, the situation going on at the University of Alabama's basketball, with, with their basketball team. Some freshman basketball standout, Brandon Miller, Um, supposedly brought a teammate the handgun that was used to kill a woman last month. Tuscaloosa detective Brendan Culpepper testified on Tuesday 
that Miller brought Darius Miles' gun to him on the night of the fatal shooting of 23-year-old Jamia Jonah Harris. Or Jamia, either Jamia or Jamia. Excuse the mispronunciation if there is one. After Miles texted him and asked him to do so. Culpepper's testimony came during a preliminary hearing for Miles and Michael Lynn Davis, who faced capital murder charges for the death of Harris, who was shot and killed near the University of Alabama's campus on January 15th. Investigators wrote in a court document that Miles, who has since been removed from the Crimson Tide program, admitted to providing the gun used in the fatal shooting, but that Davis was the guy who actually fired the weapon. Culpepper said Tuesday that Miles told Davis where his gun was in Miller's car. Miller has not been charged with the crime, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And Crimson Tide coach Nate Oates said in a news conference later Tuesday that the program had been aware of Miller's alleged link to the case. Paula Whitley, Tuscaloosa Chief Deputy District Attorney, told AL.com, that's Alabama.com, on Tuesday that, quote, there's nothing we could charge Brandon Miller with. As an aside, ladies and gentlemen, I read stuff like this because to the young kids out there, He's lucky he's not considered an accessory to the crime. He's lucky they didn't find something to charge him with. Okay? I can assure you if he was in New York, there probably would have been charges. I don't know what the gun laws are in Alabama. Maybe that's not why he's maybe that's that's why he's not charged because he had a, you know, he he he's permitted to to have a weapon in New York City. Let's say for example, you have you have a gun but it's not licensed. And you provide somebody with that weapon and they end up shooting or killing somebody. I'm sorry. You ain't getting away with that. New York, New Jersey laws. I doubt it. I don't know for sure. I got to look it up, but I doubt it. Be mindful of the company you keep. Learn how to mind your business. Don't be involved. You Brandon Miller and Darius Miles, the former Alabama player that's been charged with capital murder, calls you for a weapon. You ain't got nothing to do with this. Get out of my face. You going to do what you going to do. Don't involve me with it. Hell with all of that. That's just a thought. And as an aside, you know, I, this is nothing to chuckle at because somebody was killed here. And we get all that. My heart goes out to her family. 23-year-old girl, a passenger seat in the car, minding her business, and she gets a, she catches a bullet. I mean, my God. But I'll tell you this much. What absolutely blew me away was that the parents of the shooter and Darius Miles, the alleged shooter and Darius Miles, showed up on the stand. And essentially said, you know what, we, 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 we assure, they told the courts, we assure you, we'll guard against our sons breaking any rules or any laws. It's too late for that. They were doing it in hopes that they would be granted bail. Oh, no, no, it's too late. Clearly, you couldn't prevent them from, 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 you know, breaking rules. They wouldn't be in this situation if you could do that. And you see, with this kid, Brandon Miller, please don't get me wrong. He ain't just some other damn player. Tom Izzo was just on my podcast Monday. He called him arguably the best player in the country as a freshman. This brother can ball. Alabama is a top two team in the country. Primarily because of him. 
Ladies and gentlemen, do you have any idea the damage he may have done to his career? Because obviously you have pro aspirations. You think team owners and team executives on the next level is not going to pay attention to the fact that you put yourself in this kind of predicament? If Darius Miles got the gun from you, what the hell were you doing with a gun? By the way, did he tell you what you were, he was going to do before you gave him your gun to do it? All of these questions prop up. The company you keep matters. The people you hang around matters. All you young whippersnappers out there, how many times do I have to tell you? You're getting fights in the street for pennies. For menial dollars, what do you think corporations worth millions, if not billions, are going to do to protect their asset? They're going to spy. They've got off-duty police officers. They've got FBI. they got ATF. they got DEA. They're connected to everybody. They know what you're doing, who you're doing it with, when they find out. You got to guard and protect yourself with everything you have. Protect the bag. The potential bag you have waiting for you. Brandon Miller, if this is true, I can't believe you put yourself in this position. I can't believe you did that. Thank God they're saying they, they can't charge you with a crime. Thank God Alabama hasn't removed you from the team yet. I hope they don't. But come on, bro. Come on. Anyway, the other thing that I wanted to get into was the unfortunate firing of Nate McMillan, head basketball coach of the Atlanta Hawks. 29 and 30 on the season. They were 99 and 80 in his two-plus seasons coaching the team. Went to the conference finals against Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Um, I feel bad. I've known Nate for a long time. Nate can coach. Nate knows the game of basketball. But I will admit with the Hawks 29 and 30, they have underachieved. They have been a disappointment. He doesn't seem to have the pulse of the team. They didn't seem anxious to play for him and go all out for him. And I think their lethargy really was displayed on too many occasions. And that's why change is needed. I don't think it's needed per se, but that's why a change had to be made. I feel bad for Nate McMillan. Apparently, Quinn Snyder, former Utah Jazz coach, is one of the leading candidates for the job. We'll see what happens. I'm surprised he made Udoka's name didn't come up, but that's a story for another day. Let me get back to the Eastern Conference. When I think about the NBA Finals, ladies and gentlemen, I got Phoenix meeting Boston. I got Phoenix meeting Boston. I know I picked the Golden State Warriors at the beginning of the season, but damn, they have been a shell of themselves. They're a 500 team. Now, they can beat anybody, but I don't know about the health of Steph Curry when he's coming back, how healthy he's going to be once he comes back. I don't know about Andrew Wiggins and how healthy he's going to remain now that he is back. Those are question marks, and I think with the acquisition of Kevin Durant, it's safe to say that Phoenix should be the favorite even though Denver can't be slept on or Memphis can't be slept on. I damn sure ain't sleeping. On the Warriors. But right now, the favorite should be Phoenix versus Boston. And I'm going to stick with that. And the reason why I say Boston instead of Milwaukee, although Milwaukee's won like 12 straight, I'm not sold. I'm not sold that Middleton is fully back. I don't think Drew Holiday with Giannis is enough. Brooke Lopez, I don't know how effective he's going to be come playoff time. I'm not sold. I'm sold on Boston. 
Because I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to show up when it counts because I think those brothers are hungry. And I think that Jason Tatum has some making up to do. He's one of those dudes on my list with immense pressure to show up and produce because he didn't show up in the finals last year to the degree that he's capable of. I ain't throwing no shade on the brother. He's special. He's young. And every time I think about Jason Tatum, I feel sorry for the Philadelphia 76ers because he was supposed to be the number one overall pick. But Danny Ainge hosed Brian Colangelo. Swap picks. Ended up trading down so Philadelphia could take Markel Fultz. Foolishly passing up on Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum and Joel and B would have been teammates. Could you imagine? What a mistake that is. Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid would have been teammates. I promise you. I promise you. The Philadelphia 76ers would have won a title if you had those two at some point already. Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid? Man. But I digress. James Harden. This is it for him. We all know he's still a star. We all know he can ball, but he ain't what he used to be. Probably because he's in a different system and they're requiring less of scoring prowess and more of point guard prowess. But the bottom line is we know Tyrese Maxey is that dude. He's something special. And with Joel Embiid, assuming he's healthy and there's no back issues or foot issues, it comes down to James Harden and what he's going to give you. He gives you a lot. Philly can beat anybody. He does it. They're going home. And somehow, someway, Boston always has their number. No matter who's on the court, Boston finds a way to beat Philly when it counts. And I have no reason to believe otherwise now. So I'm looking at James Harden. I'm looking at Joel Embiid. I'm looking at Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey with the head coach that is Doc Rivers. And I'm saying you got enough. But I got to see it. Boston's the favorite. And let me close by saying two things. Number one, congratulations to Jacques Vaughn, 32 and 19 as a head coach in Brooklyn, just received, you know, an extension to be the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. He's got a team now, not a bunch of parts pretending to be a team. He's got a team now, structure, continuity, and consistency, and he can build on that. And I wish him nothing but the best. Because Jacques Vaughn deserves this opportunity. The other thing I want to say is this. I want to close by bringing up my New York Knicks. Now I'm going to try to be cool. I'm going to try to be patient. (sighs) Ladies and gentlemen, I got to admit to you, it's just hard for me. It's just hard for me, all right? Every time I see the New York Knicks, I want to cry. They're a respectable team right now. And I applaud them for what they're doing. If the playoffs were to begin today, there would be no play-in tournament for the New York Knicks. They would be the sixth seed in a first-round matchup against the Philadelphia 76ers, who is the three seed. If the playoffs were to begin today, Julius Randle is a worthy all-star. Jalen Brunson should have been an all-star. Jalen Brunson has been giving you the best point guard play there is. Some of it. He has been a sensational pickup. And as critical as I've been of Knicks management, led by Leon Rose, who runs away from the media in a pet 
electrified fashion that is inexcusable, inexplicable, and flat-out embarrassing. The fact of the matter is, he's done a hell of a job in acquiring Jalen Brunson. There's no doubt about that. And Tom Thibodeau has done a hell of a job coaching this team. There's no denying that. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, they show up every night and give it their all. R.J. Barrett tries to. I would have gave him away, though, to get Donovan Mitchell. And that is where the emotions kick in for me. Every time I see Donovan Mitchell explode and play like the star he is, all I could think about is that the New York Knicks held on the picks and R.J. Barrett to pass up Donovan Mitchell. You didn't grab Donovan Mitchell because of a bunch of damn picks we don't care about. You ain't getting Wimbanyana. Victor Wimbanyana is not coming to New York. Who gives a damn about anybody else in the draft right now? You got picks for a reason. And you still would have had numerous picks. You give up the picks and you give up R.J. Barrett to get Donovan Mitchell. But you didn't. Because you pissed off Danny Ainge, who really refused to do business with y'all, no matter how many times he was on the phone with y'all. And by the way, it wasn't Leon Rose because he let somebody else do the talking for him. The fact, of the, ma the fact of the matter is Danny Ainge wasn't giving it to y'all because he was pissed off at how the Knicks management handled themselves in recruiting Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell when Utah was playing Dallas in the, in the, in the first round last year. He said, I ain't giving them, I'm going to get the house or nothing. Very embarrassing. But it is what it is. Here is where we are. And as a result, you have what you have. The New York Knicks could have had Donovan Mitchell, a guy you could give the ball to and say, take me there. Instead of Julius Randle being that number one option for you. And by the way, I don't know why. Tom Thibodeau doesn't just put the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands and let him make decisions instead of watching J Julius Randle dribble on the three, beyond the three-point line with seven dribbles between his legs before he launches a contested three. It pisses me off. Put the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands. Nevertheless, the New York Knicks are respectable. They're six games above 500. They ended the break with a three-game winning streak. Got to give credit where credit is due. It's just that something tells me when all is said and done, they're going to go home in the first round. Whether it's to Philly or it's to Cleveland, the New York Knicks look like they're going to end up going home in the first round. And God help me in my emotional state of mind if they end up being a five seed going up against Cleveland as the fourth seed and they go up against Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell puts on a show and sends the New York Knicks home. I'm telling y'all right now, I'm going to be apoplectic. I'm going to go to hell off. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do as a New York Knicks fan if Donovan Mitchell ends up being the one that sends him home. But I'm going to be cool and I'm going to pray that doesn't happen. Because if it does, I might call for a national boycott of the Knicks. And that's after I pass Madison Square Garden every day just to throw eggs at it.
I am not going to be a pleasant person if Donovan Mitchell ends up sending my New York Knicks home for the season. I'm just warning y'all that ahead of time. I'm warning y'all. That's it for this edition of No Mercy. Hope y'all enjoyed it. See you soon. You know what time it is. You don't have to know sports to know mercy. But damn it, I had sports on my mind. And I ask for your mercy. And praying that Donovan Mitchell doesn't send the New York Knicks home. Because if he does, they'll damn sure need my mercy. Peace and love, everybody. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.